0: I'm going do not going welcome to Out of the Blue on 3CR 855 AM. My name is Heather. I am flying solo today. Aaron is unable to make it into the studio because of some pretty exciting news. He and his lovely partner Sarah welcomed little Elliot into the world on the 28th of March. So Aaron is busy at home doing all his dad duties today. Before we start the show, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast from and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Now, you could be listening to us live. You could also be listening to us on 3cr.org.au forward slash Radio Blue. You could be online, digital radio, podcasting. There's so many ways to listen to us. There's really no excuse. Um, Today, I'm going to be talking a little bit about scuba diving in the glorious Port Phillip Bay. And what to do if you encounter any wildlife that may require some assistance. I'm Philippe Cousteau from Earth Echo International, and you're listening to Out of the Blue, 855 AM, 3CR's Marine and Ocean News program. Well, if you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, oh, yes, you'll know where you are. If you listen to 3CR, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, oh, clap your hands. Well, check out the happy vibe. they gonna ring up and subscribe. If you listen to 3CR, clap oh, your hands. What? Who the hell is that? Clap your hands. What are you talking about? I ain't no elephant. Get out of here. This is handmade hand made radio. Love you. Get out. Get the hell out of here now. Okay, if you haven't subscribed to 3CR yet, definitely jump online and support this amazing radio station and all that we do for the community. So it is Sunday the 14th of April. I actually got the date right today Um, and it's a beautiful sunny day out there. They're saying a maximum of 22 degrees, light winds which are east to southeasterly Uh, getting up to about 15 to 20 kilometres an hour later in the day. And the weather is looking even better next weekend for Easter. They're looking at 28 to 29 degrees at this stage. But, you know, they say that climate change isn't real. So uh, believe what you will. So it's looking like today, based on the weather, it should be a glorious day to go diving on the Mornington Peninsula. And I have already seen some photos on Facebook from some friends who are out and about. I actually saw a gorgeous photo from a friend, Fiona, um, who's down at Queenscliff at the moment, and it is glassy. It is completely flat out there. But I have uh, noticed a lot of my scuba diving friends find it really difficult to work out where it's going to be good to go diving. Um, They find it a little bit hard to read the weather, read the tides and work out where to go and therefore don't feel confident going out without a dive club. Now, dive clubs are absolutely brilliant. They give you an opportunity to meet people. You can learn about new equipment, new dive sites. Um, And sometimes it would be great if you did a dive site for the first time with somebody who knew what they were doing um so last weekend I went diving with Cheryl who has actually been on the radio before with us and she and I decided we didn't want to drive too far away so we went to South Road which I think is in Bentley um there's a car park there that runs along the beach literally grabbed our gear and jumped in and there's a reef um a little underwhelmed i'll be honest the last time i dived it was about 10 years ago and i looked it up in my dive log which i diligently fill out at the end of every dive so i know what i've done and my last notes were shallow lots of urchins and this time it was slightly deeper lots of urchins um so it's a really rocky um area I, if it had been slightly warmer and a few more things to see, I think it would have been great. But I think the real problem is I've never done it with somebody who knows the really, really good spots there. And it got me thinking, there are so many people out there who aren't willing to just jump in and give a spot a go unless they know exactly what's going on. So I want to take people through really, really basic. Now, obviously, if you want to learn more about it, I'm sure you can find out more online. But some really basic ways of working out how to read the weather and that will allow you to work out the best dive sites to go to. So for example, today, the winds are east to south easterly. So that means within Port Phillip Bay, you want to be sticking somewhere to the east or the southeast. This is because the winds are coming from that direction. If you ever struggle to remember what it means with the winds, just always think if there's a northerly wind, it's a really hot day in Melbourne. And it's because the winds are coming from the north where it's much warmer. So we've got winds coming in from the east, which means you want to stick around maybe the Mornington Peninsula side of Port Phillip Bay today. Now, along there, there's obviously so many different sites, um, ranging from, you know, Mordialic and Frankston up the top end of the peninsula, um, heading all the way down to Portsea right down at the south. Um, Because the winds are coming from that direction, there also may be some level of protection at Flinders uh, because they do have French Island there in Port Phillip Bay. So there's going to be some level of protection from the island that will protect that area. And in theory, if the winds really picked up, anything on the western side of the bay is going to be quite choppy. It's going to have the winds coming straight onto it. And it means that it's going to be a little choppy, a little more uncomfortable. um, And you either want to consider aborting the dive or maybe only going if you're really confident with your equipment and your dive skills. The other thing you need to consider is the tides. Now, there's a couple of websites that can help you out with this. One of them is the Bureau of Meteorology. So you can go to bomb.gov.au. If you click on the marine and oceans link, you can then head to the tide predictions. And I use this every single time I'm going out diving because in the early days, I'd rock up somewhere like Rye Pier and be like, yes, it looks gorgeous. I'm jumping in the water. I'm so excited to scuba dive. And it would be low tide. And for anyone who's dived Rye Pier, there is that horrible sandbar that you have to get over. And at high tide, it's annoying. At low tide, you feel like you're walking forever to get to water that's deep enough. So tides can make a really big difference in your experience. Another great example is Ricketts Point. Fantastic for snorkeling, probably a little too shallow for diving, but you want to be hitting that at high tide. You want to be able to float across the top of things rather than feel like you're using your hands to sort of crawl along the bottom. Um, because you risk disturbing disturbing animals but also disturbing some of the seagrass and things that's around the area. There's also another great website called seabreeze.com.au and it has really great visuals um, on the winds and also the wave forecast. So I usually jump on there. I'm very much a, a visual person. It takes me a while to remember my north, south, east, west. I always have to go never eat soggy wick picks. Um, So I find that that one really helps me because I can look at it really quickly and go, oh, okay, the wind's coming from that direction. I wanted to dive on that side of the bay. Now, this is something that when you're a new diver, yes, you're going to feel, you know, a little unsure. You're really focused on your equipment. I did go diving with a new diver recently. Her name's Jen. Um, and Jen had done, I think, seven dives when she and I went out for a dive. And I started to just tell her some of these things that I was observing. So we walked down to the pier first. Um, our first spot was uh, Blegary, Marina. So we walked down there first. And I talked her through what we are going to be looking for, uh, where we were going to be diving. So we're going to go along the pier, staying under the pier, because obviously there's a lot of boats at the marina. You don't want to get in their way. You want to make sure you're a really respectful, courteous diver and you're not going to cause problems or stress for anybody. So we're going to go along the pier and then take a left at the end, turn around and come back. Um, And the conditions were pretty good. We went back to the car, put on our gear, came back, and the conditions were already beginning to change. So I just checked with her. She was still okay with it, really competent swimmer. Um, And we still went out and did that, but the conditions were pushing us around a little bit more than was expected. Um, So sometimes the weather can change really quickly and you just need to be willing to change your plans. As much as we all love to go out there and scuba dive and get out in the water and we take a lot of effort to usually get up really early in the morning and get down to the sites, find a car park, put on that wetsuit, put all your gear together. It is really important to look after yourself first. The last thing we want is any more diving tragedies in the bay and there have been quite a few over the years, Um, whether it's been because of lack of experience or conditions have changed suddenly. You just have to be really willing um, to change your plans and as disappointing as it is to just cancel the dive if it's not going to work for you. Now, if you're still not confident with going out and checking the weather and going, yep, this is going to be the perfect spot, how can you find dive groups? So I find that most dive shops will have themselves a dive club. Dive clubs can be a fantastic way to meet people, especially um, people who may not necessarily just dive on weekends. You might be able to find people who are willing to dive midweek as well. And initially, it's always a great idea maybe to start with some shore dives, get your skills really comfortable in the shallow water. And then a lot of dive clubs will go out on you know fortnightly, monthly boat dives and you can head out and see what's a little bit deeper in the bay. Now, it's a long time since I've been out for a boat dive, mainly because they cost a little bit more than I can afford, Um, but it's definitely something I want to look at next summer. Now, the reason I'm not looking at it any sooner is the water temperature is slowly dropping. Um, When I went out last weekend, it was 18 degrees, which is still quite nice. Um, But something to consider is the temperature is going to be slowly getting cooler, and you need to make sure that you've got the equipment and the wetsuit to deal with that. I recently bought a new 5mm wetsuit. I had been diving with a 7 up until then and I could tell the difference um, between those two. It doesn't seem like much, 2mm, um, but definitely a difference and I could feel a little bit cooler than I normally would. So in order to dive into the slightly cooler temperatures, I'll be looking at adding a couple of extra layers. The last thing you want to do is get uncomfortable underwater and surface and have mild hypothermia. I'm speaking from experience. During my advanced course, oh, I want to say about 15 years ago, um, we were diving the J4 sub outside the heads. So we we're looking at about the 30-metre mark, and I was definitely the smallest and the weakest in our course. And it was an exhausting dive. Uh, the tides had shifted. The current was moving I was really struggling to keep up with everybody, and when we surfaced, I'd used a lot of energy, and um, yeah, I had mild hypothermia. So it was quite quite a horrible experience, really. I couldn't stop myself shaking. That had to lie me down on the boat. I was seasick. They got me back to uh, the shop at Portsy and I just desperately wanted a hot shower which if you've done any form of first aid which I highly recommend so that you can help others around you, um, the first aid is not to put somebody in a hot shower, you have to warm them slowly. So I was propped in front of a heater which I kept crawling closer to uh, and people would keep pulling me away because it, it really is horrible, you feel like you are never going to feel warm again. And then I didn't dive for a while and that really put me off. So you want to make sure you're not going to have an experience that is going to put you off diving. I have many friends who will not dive in Victoria because they've decided it's too cold. They're warm water divers. But I feel we've just got so much to offer. It's disappointing if you don't go out and explore it, particularly in summer when the waters can get up to about 20 to 21 degrees. It is really beautiful out there. All right, we're going to go to a quick song and after that I'm going to talk a little bit about what do you do if you come across an animal uh, within the marine environment that needs a little assistance from some humans. I'm Philippe Cousteau from Earth Echo International, and you're listening to Out of the Blue, 855 AM, 3CR's Marine and Ocean News program. Thank you, Philippe. We are listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR, 855 AM, and that was The River by Missy Higgins. So today I've been talking a little bit about scuba diving in Port Phillip Bay, and before we mentioned that song, I mentioned that um, there are things you can do if you come across some sort of marine life, that requires assistance. So generally uh, within Port Phillip Bay, you'd be thinking about seals, turtles, dolphins, usually the larger marine life uh, of the mammal kind. And there are things you can do if you find an animal that is injured or entangled. So one of the first numbers that I would call that's always in my phone is the AGL Marine Response Unit. Now this is run by a fantastic team out of Zoos Victoria and they assist with seals, dolphins, turtles, whales, all that sort of stuff. If there is anything wrong with them, um, they will look at bringing them into captivity or at least getting veterinary care. A lot of the time they'll get called out, though, and the animal is fine. So the best thing to do, though, if you think there is something wrong, you know, whether you've seen a seal on a beach and it just doesn't quite look right, um, look, it could be resting or it may be unwell. Entanglement is usually a little easier to spot Um, so if you do see any animals that are entangled definitely worth giving them a call. Their number is 1300 245 678 Um, and they can also be contacted via email as well. So it's mru for marine response unit at zoo.org.au. Now the reason this came up um, this week is that I caught up with Donna the other night. So Donna does the show on an alternate week. I don't get to see her very often, so it was really great to catch up. But I had noticed this was on, um, I think, Tuesday. um, A story had popped up on social media, and it was really heartbreaking, but I feel it's important to share it. So this came out of WA. It was published on WA Today, and the article is simply titled Grieving Dolphin Swims Alongside Calf That Died in Swan River Crab Pot. Um, so just a warning, it is, it is heartbreaking, but it's important that we see some of the effects of what can happen if we are irresponsible in the marine environment. So a baby dolphin has died after it became entangled with crab pot in the Swan River. A member of the public reported the dead calf to Claremont, in Claremont Bay to the Department of Parks and Wildlife on Monday. When Parks and Wildlife officers attended, they found that the calf's mother was swimming alongside her dead baby. The dead calf has since been freed from the crab pot but remains in the water with the mother dolphin as she grieves, a Parks and Wildlife statement said. Dolphins are highly intelligent creatures and are known to stay with their young for a period of time following a death. Parks and Wildlife officers are monitoring the pair and will remove the calf at a later time. We ask that the public stay well away from the dolphin and her dead calf during this time, the statement said. The service said the calf's death was a timely reminder for fishermen to dispose of all fishing lines and ropes and to call the wildlife helpline if they spot any wildlife in distress. Now, obviously, we are not anti-fishing, on uh, out of the blue i am all for recreational fishing i feel like it can be a really fantastic way of providing food for a family Um, but i do feel that sometimes we need to make sure that if we are out there and we're using the marine environment we have to make sure we're taking responsibility for what is happening So both of my brothers love to fish and I always ensure that they have a fishing license and that fishing license not only ensures that they know the rules regarding fishing, but it also goes to support those who are out there trying to make a difference in terms of conservation and sustainability. So the Victorian Fishing Authority have a lot of information on their website about licensing guides, um, particularly what They have regarding the rules and the practices and the catch limits allowed for various species. So you can head to www.vfa.vic.gov.au. Now, they also have another really interesting section and it is another telephone number that I have in my phone at all times and it's for 13FISH. So 13FISH um, allows you to report any illegal fishing activity. Now I find this is really important. It's important to remember it's strictly confidential if you report to this line. But what happens is when you call one three fish, you'll be asked a series of questions. And you'll need to leave a message with these details and then somebody will be able to call you back. So some of the details you want to consider if you're reporting illegal fishing activity. And obviously this could be fishing with a fishing rod. Um, It could be with a a crab pot. It could be harvesting of of abalone or shellfish. So things that you would need to keep in mind are the time and date of the incident, um, the place that it occurred, the number of people involved, Uh, If possible, a vehicle or boat registration. This can really help a lot with identifying who was involved. The activity that was actually taking place. Now, obviously, if you can get photos, that may assist with the situation. But obviously, you don't want to put yourself in any danger. So you only report what you can. Um, So any activities that were involved and also the type of equipment that was being used. Now, I realise in Australia we do have a bit of a mentality that we don't like to necessarily dob people in, um, but it's important that if we are out there fishing and we're using our marine environment, that everyone is doing so in the same manner. We all want to make the best decisions out there in the ocean, whether you're a scuba diver, whether you're a recreational fisher person I'm not going to say fisherman, fisher person, um, whether you're out there on a jet ski, whether you're out there on a yacht. There are different rules and regulations that do apply and these need to be considered if you're going to be out there and using it responsibly so that we can all have the same experiences. I've seen firsthand, particularly in summer, the number of people who obviously have their boat license for a jet ski but aren't necessarily remembering the distance they need to keep from dolphins. Now, dolphins are amazing. Everybody loves dolphins. We saw it in Nemo. The poor sharks were disappointed that everyone loves a flippin' dolphin, but nobody loves them. Um, But it's important that if we want them to stay in Port Phillip Bay, and they are fantastic. Tourists and locals alike love seeing the dolphins. Then we need to make sure we give them the space they require. So you can't be approaching them on a jet ski and going up nice and close to go and see Flipper. There are rules and regulations, and these are stated when you go for a boat license. But I feel like sometimes these were the things that people forget pretty quickly. Same thing is if there's a dive flag in the water. I've definitely experienced situations where people have gotten too close to the dive flag, and I've simply flattened myself to the sand on the bottom because I don't want to get hit by a boat. So it's little things like that. We can all be out there using Port Phillip Bay and the ocean in general. I mean, it is. A gorgeous day. I honestly cannot wait to get outside as soon as we finish the show today. But we all need to make sure we're doing the right thing by everyone. So if you want to get out there and enjoy the ocean today, it is gorgeous. It is looking absolutely fantastic for next weekend as well. Share some photos with us on our Facebook page. So if you go to Facebook, you can find us. We are out of the blue. Um, And also let us know what you would like to hear about on the show. You can either do that via Facebook or you can send us a message at uh, outoftheblue3cr at gmail.com. So we'd love to hear from all of our listeners out there so that we can make the show as best as we can and we can talk about the things that you want to hear. So unfortunately, we are out of time for today. So get out there, enjoy the sun. And coming up next is Sally with Out of the Pan. So enjoy your Sunday and we'll be back next week.